0: about all week, and kind of just been, I want to say meditating upon, but uh, I just was curious, long story short, what is the true definition of grace? And I don't, what brings up this question is that I've heard it in multiple contexts uh, just recently, and probably before that, just kind of noticed recently how people refer to churches uh, as a, this church is a, not this church, but a, a particular church is a very grace oriented church. And there's kind of an undertone when someone tells me, Oh, that church is very grace oriented. It's like, well, they, they let people smoke or something, you know, like you can smoke, out really front, permissive. you know, or yeah, permissive, uh, So, uh, but then that changes the definition of grace to me as how lenient you are on your roles and that kind of messes up worship when you're singing about grace. Um, so I guess my, I've been pondering, what is the true definition of grace? And is there a a line in the sand on what is too much grace to have or, You know, are you too lenient on things, if that is the definition of grace? Um, Or is it a steadfast, uh, you know, these these are the rules or whatnot? I don't know. You can see how it can get confusing, I think, on what it is. So, what is, well, first off, I think, what is your guys' definition of grace? Just in your own words, not holding you to the pulpit, but what is your definition of grace you?
1: The simplest thing that I was taught growing up is that grace is the unmerited favor of God, and I think that that is pretty close to what we really mean by grace, meaning that none of us deserves God's goodness, kindness, and love, and yet He, he gives it to us anyways and we can't we're not none, there's no not a single person that's such a bad sinner that God cannot extend his love and his mercy and his kindness towards us and there's not one of us that's such a bad sinner God can't use us for something great um and because of that because we can't earn his favor by by being good enough because we all fall short because we can't uh do enough in ourselves to 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 get God to like us, um, it's a special blessing from Him that that He gives us His favor, whether we deserve it or not. Yeah. And That's really what grace is. Grace is used; the term is used in a lot of ways in the church, um, but essentially it comes down to that, right, James? Is that? I, I agree. I, I think there's. I think.
2: The concept of grace is really multifaceted. There's a lot of di- yeah. different dimensions. When we say grace, like right now, we're kind of talking about what we call saving grace, mm-hmm. salvation grace, God's unmerited favor, you know, the acronym, God's riches at Christ's expense. You know, just, but the idea that we can't earn it, there's nothing we could do. The most notorious of sinners, sweeping mm-hmm. that in, it, you know, it's, it's something that is free freely given by God, and that's one aspect of it. You know, uh, one of the aspects of grace that I absolutely love is that gifting. That it's, not only is it God's gift to us that He accepts us and loves us and forgiveness for, for is where we are, but He also graces us with certain giftings to be able to share with others. And that's another aspect of grace. Right. But I know what you're talking about that maybe we'll get to that later in the podcast, but this one is extending receiving God's grace. But then I also think learning how to extend that same grace to people around us mm-hmm. is hard sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we want to receive the grace of God. We want to, Oh my gosh, I, I suck. I'm horrible. I'm awful. I uh, There's so many things about my life that are wrong and bad, but God, he receives me, you know? And then on the other hand, it's like that uh, parable of the debtor who uh, somebody owed him money and then he went to them and he threw them in debtor's prison. Sometimes we do that very same thing where uh, do we forgive and love and accept other people around us the very same way that god loves and accepts us or do we make people earn our favor and earn our attention and love
1: and yeah and to take it a step further i would say that that our sins when we ask for god's forgiveness he is freely gives his forgiveness and the sin is dealt with at that point from god's perspective and there is no more punishment that he would exert against us because of our sins and if he had to it would mean that Jesus sacrifice wasn't enough for those sins he then had to continue to punish but we don't treat people as unpunishable when they seek forgiveness yeah. we uh, we humans tend to require more of yeah. them some act of contrition yeah. some sign of you know uh, retribution yeah. um, some punishment has to be exerted upon them yeah. and so we we don't treat people generally speaking with the same favor and merit that uh, grace that God offers to us. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Or uh, I love the way you said it, John, the, uh, it's how willing we are to bend the rules. Like if we're, they're a really great, they're a grace oriented church, which means, uh, you, they have ashtrays up front. You can smoke cigarettes in school (laughs) or, 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 or whatever it is, you know, that's just one of the things. And it's like, It is, it's getting your head wrapped around that whole thing and figuring out what it really means that I think that's why, like the book of Galatians is really, uh, a treatise on grace versus the law. I remember Paul just saying, wow, you guys started off so good and he uses the term who has bewitched you, you know, because all of a sudden, rather than having a grace orientation for the people around them to the church that was in Galatia instead, then all of a sudden they wanted to start putting rules, which is like what you're saying. It's like, well, if you start putting rules on it, then it's really not grace. It's something else.
0: Mm -hmm. And do you think it's human nature for us to want to put constrictions on whether you're a Christian or not, or, um, where the roles are brought up. Yes, because I think
1: we want things to be clear. Mm -hmm. We want to know where people stand. We want to know, Mm -hmm. know, you know, whether they're on our side, whether they're inside or outside, you know? And so we have, we have that tendency. Well, let's, let's make it clear. Um, if you do these things, we'll know that, that you're on the right path. Sort of. Yeah. Uh, but there are problems associated with that, and unfortunately it's not it's not clear it 's not a clear subject as to even the process of salvation people arrive at salvation from many different angles many different perspectives, and there cannot be one size fits all when it comes to understanding whether somebody is in relationship with God or not because yeah. um, it's really it's not a it's not a one time Event. It's really a process that people are somewhere along a continuum between when they started and being completely uh, sin free, which will only happen in the presence of Jesus himself. Yeah,
2: I I agree. I think the answer is, yes, it is a human thing that we put on. You know, yes, it definitely is. I think it's because we have God sees things in an infant big picture way. And we, even the biggest of, a, uh, of thinkers amongst us, still tend to have a finite view and a small, micro-macro view of things. God sees things in, a, in such a, in, in the big picture, the greater perspective. That's why He's able to look at my life or your life or one of our lives and say He's going to make it. <laughs> you know, where people around us may say wow, I doubt he's going to make it, you know, and and that's why we want to start, you know, hacking things up and putting in little squares and little boxes, and and it's like, uh, well, where does this person stand on salvation? Well, we look at all this stuff in their lives, and then we make our own judgments and decisions they are saved, they're not saved, they're walking with the Lord, they're not walking with the Lord, they're growing, they're not growing, you, you know, they're supporting, they're not supporting, all the little things that we do, because we don't see the big picture of God working in their life, like you're saying. And we the can't process. read their, yeah, we can't read
1: their heart the way that yeah. God God does, Yeah, and we have to be careful not to. Yeah. yeah. So does that mean we have to extend a little bit of grace ourselves to, you know, think the best of somebody? Uh, to assume good things of them to consider them more highly than yourselves yeah, yeah. that 's part of the struggle of grace is that we have to give people the benefit of the doubt, yeah, and in the course of doing that, there will be times that you get burned because of it, or you feel like you 've been burned by it.
2: Yeah. yeah
1: and and we i know I know in this room with the three of us, we all this is
2: how we roll we 'd all rather err on the side of grace, right than the law or, or judgment. I know we'd rather do that. But it still hurts. On the other side of it, he's oh, wow, well, I should have drawn the line there. You know, I should have set a boundary there. I, you know, <clears throat> but sometimes it's just like, well, God's at work. I, I'm aware that God is at work in every heart all the time. And when I start looking at life that way, I realize that any circumstance that I find myself in, God's at work in my heart in that. And in the hearts of every other person that's involved in that circumstance. And many times it's like the lesson that God is teaching me is always different than the lesson that he's teaching everybody else. Because we're all at a different place in our walk with God at a different time. And there's where, wow, I'm going to start allowing grace for things. Because guess what? The thing that God is really working on me on, he's not working on everybody else around me on. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: That's the problem with rules. If you start to implement something, like you may decide because of how God is dealing with you in a particular issue, um, we we brought up smoking earlier. Let's say that you feel that it's time for you to quit smoking, and that's something that you have to do because it's become I don't know, like a you know an addiction or an idol in your life. So the problem that happens is that we assume that everybody else. Has had should have that same conviction at the same time that we do, so suddenly it becomes a blanket thing well if you're a good Christian, you shouldn't ever smoke well and but but that's a process, and it, that you have to come to that realization for yourself yeah. it can't be because clearly the Bible doesn't have any scriptures that specifically mention cigarettes yeah. Right? Yeah. so you have to decide if that's something that God is speaking to you for yourself. And it's hard to then put, place that as a requirement on somebody else who isn't in that place yet. Yeah. What if you've, you're talking to somebody that's only just been become a follower of Jesus yeah. and they've got so many issues yeah. in their life yeah. to deal with? Maybe smoking is way down the priority list with God. Yeah. We'll deal with some of the other things yeah. first. And yet you could do great harm by trying to, enforce that rule. Now, I don't know that anybody ever says that about smoking, but you know what I'm saying. It yeah. could be It could be any topic, any yeah. issue. Yeah. When you try and pro- project the things that you have been instructed to deal with in your life onto yeah. others, yeah. it can do more harm than good. Yeah. Because along with that is
2: anybody that has experienced the salvation of coming to Jesus Christ and having the Holy Spirit come and cleanse their lives has experienced certain things dropping away and being gone and the desire for them not even being there anymore but the other elements that are there and will be a continual uh, thing that they'll have to work with for the rest of their life Mm -hmm. because God I, I think that God in his mercy and grace rather than just so making our lives perfect when we when we accept him he leaves some things in our life to teach us to be dependent on Him and learn how to call upon the name of the Lord and how to not yield to temptation and learn how to set up uh, safeguards and vigilancy in our lives to keep us from things. I think He leaves those kinds of things in our lives for sure. So when we're dealing with each other, you know we must never forget there are things in my life that I will always have to work on. Just like there are things in everyone's life, every else's life around us. And sometimes it's just so easy to see those things in
1: everybody else's life. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially if it's something you've conquered, <clears throat> it's yeah. easy to yeah. spot it and yeah. say, Hey, you
2: can get over that. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, it was so easy. I right. just, it just dropped off of me. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I never had the desire to do heroin ever again. So it should be easy for you, <laughs> you know? Or maybe it's not,
0: you know? Yeah. And that you could have the best intentions, too. Yeah. You could be wanting to help somebody. Yeah. And it may not be yeah. the right move. Um,
1: well, but you have to also... You do have to challenge people not to, to remain comfortable with their with the things in their life. So yeah. there there will be... Uh, but I, uh, there will be a moment you have to say something. There will be times that you have yeah. to, you know, correct things, especially if that person is deliberately overlooking something that God has been saying to them. But yeah. I believe that you can you can tow that or uh, find that balance when you're listening to the voice of God yeah. um, and only say the things that you hear Him saying to yeah. you to communicate. And also, if you do it from the perspective of God loves this person
2: so much, and He's brought me to walk alongside this person right now to encourage them not to heap judgment or you know whatever on them. Well, you just need to man up, you just need to buck up and receive your
0: healing, or you know, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when I think back of the church in general, just in time, and I could be wrong, but it seems like, I I always liked how Rob Bell said Christianity is evolving, because if you look back every 10, 20 years, the church looks different than it did before then. Um, Do you think the church has, church being the body of Christ, not our church, but just Christians in general, do you think we've does grace look different than it did hundreds of years ago? Have we discovered the true definition of not have we discovered it, but has grace evolved like the church has evolved?
1: Well, I think there's seasons in everything, and and there are times when the church has been far more um, uh, litigious about things, far more uh, righteousness-oriented and have implemented, you know, like a regimen of daily living and so on. And as a whole, I think we've moved away from that a little bit. You know, we don't structure our days around prayer and fasting and all of those things. In that process, did we go too far with grace and become permissive and tolerant? There's some people that argue that. And I think in in uh, particularly in the in the United States and in, and in Great Britain, Western Europe, I think you could argue that that's been, been the case. But all of these things are about moderation and balance and keeping perspective. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's, there's a, an adjustment, a shift that has to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can't abandon grace because some people yeah. allow grace to be an excuse for whatever they feel like yeah. doing. Yeah. And that's part of the message of Galatians. Yeah, the that's, flip of the side. So
2: that's the flip side. That's what Paul said, too. Yeah. That we would use grace... Uh, abounding grace to give us permission to do everything we want
1: heaven forbid god forbid yeah yeah so while and you said earlier james we we like to err on the side of grace and Mm -hmm. that's absolutely true i do like to err on the side of grace but i don't allow that then to become tolerance in my life for something that Mm -hmm. like for me when i feel convicted about something i i try and work on it i try and deal with it with the Holy Spirit's help, I don't allow that grace to become uh, a permissive of sin in yeah. my life. Yeah. One of the uh,
2: things that we talk about once in a while are, there's that verse about mercy and judgment, you know, coming together, mercy and judgment, kissing, you know, the idea of mercy and judgment, and just the idea that we always want mercy for ourselves and judgment for others.
0: You know, <laughs> selfishness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is selfish what is selfishness? <laughs> Everything. Every one of us. <laughs> Everything we do. Everything we do is selfish. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it
2: really is that idea that uh we want mercy and grace extended towards us, but we're so quick to rush to judgment and stuff of those around us. And I and I agree about the whole tolerance thing for myself i can't allow myself any tolerance if like you said man if the if the holy spirit's convicting of me i have to be hyper vigilant with it and i have to go on lockdown with it because i know me you know what i mean but the people around me it's really my responsibility to show love and grace and compassion and even though you know what's the difference between you know mercy and compassion, you know the idea that uh mercy is or compassion is allowing let me say it in a different way when people make decisions and then they're in the midst of suffering the consequences of that, they're going to suffer the consequences of that it's just the laws. And the laws of God and the way things work. But my response needs to be from a point of mercy and compassion where that's that none of that's my concern. It's like God is going to do all that. I can come alongside and help and strengthen and encourage and help them through that and talk them away from the edge and and show love
1: and help and support. You
2: know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And if you do that, you're giving that person the chance to hear the Holy Spirit themselves, because that's the only thing that will make a difference in their lives, is when they recognize the voice of God speaking to them about a certain issue. And whatever has been revealed to you, you are responsible for in front of God. Yeah. And so if that that includes, I believe, anything that's been revealed to you that you've chosen to ignore or suppress yeah. or deny. God will then hold you responsible yeah. for it. So we don't need to. We don't need to worry about about somebody else. God's got it all weighed out and measured and, and is ready to judge according to yeah. those things. So, yeah. so we are responsible for what we are capable of dealing with, which is ourselves.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. Because
2: which which person would you rather be around? the you know, person who's constantly calling you on your stuff or the person who's constantly believing the best in you and, and uh, uh, you know, giving you the benefit of the doubt and encouraging you, you're going to make it, you're going to get through this, you know, who would you rather be around, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, if we can be those kinds of people, then we're going to be the kind of people that will actually have, earn the right to speak into people's lives because they'll know this guy's always got my back. This guy's always in my court. This guy's always, you know, and does it mean that we don't see stuff all the time that you could call people on? Of course, but like, and you know, at the end of the day, to use a stupid term, what really matters? I mean, that person knows you don't need to call person on stuff. They already know their own heart is condemning them. their own heart is, that is calling them on
0: it. The Holy Spirit is already speaking to them. Yeah. Yeah. To, To me, it seems that, I could be wrong, tell me if I'm wrong, grace is, when using the word, in a sentence, it seems like it's all about context. There's the personal level of grace. There's, we talk a lot about a church level, maybe a group level, and then God's abundant grace for us. Like It seems like three are the same, but very different also in context about how you perceive it or I perceive it. Yeah. Um, it's the,
1: it's the implementation of it. Maybe yeah. know, the application of it that, yeah. that changes yeah. from level to level. Yeah. You know, we're responsible for things in our own life that don't play out in a large group. You know, a church, the church is responsible for being gracious, which can easily amount to, to tolerance. hmm. But in the same manner, we've been talking about notorious sinners and how Jesus was a friend of notorious sinners. Yeah. You, you have to have a certain level of yeah. grace in your life, yeah. you know, in order to, to minister to the people that, that really, really need ministering to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and Jesus struck the balance and encouraged his disciples that they could be like him. And so I believe that with the Holy Spirit's help, I can
0: strike a balance, too, in yeah. my life. I think that's the key, though, the Holy Spirit's help because it doesn't t- it doesn't sound like there's a line in the cement. Like this is tolerance, yeah. this is grace. Yeah. Um, so it's really important that we pray for discernment when applying grace.
1: Yeah, and you have to, you, you need discernment. You need to know personal boundaries, I think, and, and and how far you're willing to go. But I also think you have to challenge yourself unless you're in a situation so far. That you, um, unless you get to the point that you're completely dependent on God, you may not have gone far enough yet in that situation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if you're helping somebody and until you get to the point where you both have to throw up your arms and say, God, we can't do anything else ourselves. We need you here. You may not have gone far enough yet in that, in, in that relationship. Because ultimately, that's what it has to come down to, uh, is that we find ourselves dependent upon God to do something, yeah. to break through into our lives. Well, see, now there's a very important part of it, too, which is
2: a, a concept that I use called the grace has lifted. And what I mean by that is, you know, you were saying there's three, there's almost like three different levels. And in my mind, it's like, you know, the user interface is still kind of the same on all those things. And it does, you know, unpacks a little bit differently as we flex to that particular media, like what you were saying. But but really, it, it, it all flows down from God anyway. So it all has a similar look and feel, even though the application of it, like Matt said, might be a little bit different. And you know how you were saying, sometimes we're working with someone until you both reach a place where we throw our arms up in the air, you know. Mm-hmm. I do know, because I've experienced this, that sometimes God's grace is upon us in a relationship, most of the time in a relationship, let's use it in in that venue, the venue of a relationship, where, you know, it's all good, you know, let's just say you and I, you know, it's like all of a sudden... Uh, you know the things you do don 't bug me, and the things I do don 't bug you, and we both do stuff that is weird, and other people just get all upset, but you know in our relationship it 's all good because there 's a grace upon our relationship and a grace upon our lives to handle that, but there does come a place where all of a sudden it 's almost like the grace has lifted on that, and all of a sudden you 're wondering why am I all of a sudden getting so critical all of a sudden i 'm just seeing all kinds of things and and dealing with all kinds of things that I, have all of a sudden stuff bugs me that never bugs me before. I have learned that sometimes that's because God is wanting to move somebody on, either me or the other person. And it's an actual phenomenon that actually happens. And if I try to persist in it and try to stay in it, things get worse. Things get much worse. So I, I've i experienced that, you know, and where does that fit in the grace theology? I don't know, but it's a truth.
1: I know yeah. it works. It's a counterpoint to what I was saying about yeah. persisting in something until until you get to the stage where you need God. Because I I believe what you're saying is true, because I've experienced it in my life. Yeah. You will cross, there'll come a time, you know, something will happen, or just you'll, you'll recognize a moment when you know the relationship has changed. Yeah, yeah. And God might be giving you an out at that point. Yeah. Or it might be the other person. Yeah. Or it might be. Yeah. Um, I, I know just being
2: involved with pastoral ministry and stuff for many years, it often happens like in church attendance. Let's take it into the church realm, you know, where you just love your church and everything is just awesome. And then all of a sudden just stuff starts bugging you and people start bugging you. Sometimes it's God wanting to move you on and you never would move on. Uh, because we know that God arranges the members of the body as he so desires. And we know that there are seasons for things. Yeah. And, you know, it's like when I got saved, I went into this one church and I just thought you're members of that church for your entire life. Cause I never knew it as anything different. Mm-hmm. And I, boy, did I have a lot to learn. You know, there are just times when the ebb and flow of the kingdom, people moving around, yeah. And sometimes it's hard for us to understand, but there is a movement, you know, and people do move around. And sometimes it's because the grace starts lifting, and rather than staying and becoming critical and judgmental and things like that, sometimes it's because God is is seeing it's time to move on. Now, if you take that same critical, crappy attitude, it's gonna it's it's a you problem. It's not
1: God moving you on; it's just you with a really crappy attitude. And and that happens to, to yeah but he's stirring you I, I, yeah yeah and i i it's it's like the metaphor of the holy spirit being like the wind and <clears in throat> you don't see it but you recognize yeah. it rustling the leaves or something and that yeah. the same thing happens in our lives yeah. we don't see the holy spirit coming but suddenly we start to be restless and start you know moving in yeah. response to it and and uh it'll just get if it's God, it'll get stronger and stronger until you recognize you have to act upon that. Yeah. yeah, And so maybe there's a lesson in that because we're wanting to apply
2: grace, God's grace, in relationships. It seems like now at this point in the podcast we're talking about relationships. Sometimes it might be good to know that so that when we're working with people if all of a sudden they start getting really really annoying and stuff like that we might realize, well God is moving them on. And rather than getting defensive and putting up defenses and you know all the things that we tend to do in relationships which are very complex sometimes anyway maybe the best thing to do is just to show love and acceptance and forgiveness and just uh, you know let them flow on out
3: of your life
0: unless it's your husband or wife yeah, yeah. <laughs> then work it out <laughs> Jim Gunn says, make it work. That's the cat. Thanks, John. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I listen to your podcast, and we're splitting up. <laughs> yeah. Feel a little restless.
2: No. Podcast fail. <laughs> you see, that's why you're moderating this, John. Keep it <laughs> on track. Okay, you
1: guys can talk about all the fear you want. Yeah. See, but Grace, can't. you can't use it as an excuse either for. Yeah. for permission to do whatever you want um there has you have to be sensitive to the holy spirit and you have to not not make rash decisions that are clearly out of line yeah you know out of context so it's a it's a hard it's a hard battle that's why it'd be so much easier if we could just have a set of rules that we followed that made it all crystal clear to everybody and we would know what to do you know, we'd have the playbook for every given situation. Yeah. And unfortunately, we don't. And that's how life, life is. Life is messy and complicated and you work it out day at a time. Yeah. 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 One relationship at a time. Yeah. One
2: altercation at a time. One misunderstanding at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know? most of the time it's a misunderstanding or it's a wrong expectation.
1: You know, that happens a lot.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Somebody has a wrong expectation. Yeah, but grace—grace grace will be there. Grace is a good guidance for you know how we walk through those things. And um, if it—if it is um, something that God is saying, then then you'll recognize it. I believe that yeah. the feeling, the conviction, will just get stronger and stronger um, until you have to respond. And if you don't, at that point, then yeah. the conviction might dissipate because God knows you're not ready for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then you
2: know, because it's like you were saying something about where's the line on the cement at, you know? And, uh, you know, there is a playbook, you know? Uh, and sometimes there, I love the way you said fuzzy guidelines, you know, but there are other things that are not so fuzzy guidelines. There are areas where God really draws the line, you know, those, those are the areas where, sometimes that love acceptance forgiveness means speaking the truth in love and you know there there is that place where uh you know with the essentials of the gospel of course it's it is it's clear cut it very is very clear cut and i think we have a responsibility to do our very best to try to you know the, the word of god is 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 good for teaching and correction and instruction and righteousness and there is kind of bringing that you know to the forefront and helping a person see that the the track they're on is destructive and that the ends thereof are death and if they continue on down this road there's nothing good at the end of this journey there's nothing good at the end of this road still Mm -hmm. allowing them to make the decision but being the watchman on the wall is one of the metaphors that the bible uses you know that if 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 you see the danger coming and don't shout out the warning then the blood and the destruction is on your head but if you shout out the warning then then it's upon it's upon their head too right so i do think there is an element of yes we should always have a grace orientation towards people around us but where does it Go over to, you know, where does it cross the line? Uh, You know, where does does tolerance,
1: you know, end, you know? Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, the old phrase is, in essentials we have unity, in non-essentials liberty, and in all things charity. But the argument becomes, well, what what things are essential then? If you, if we should be unified and be in agreement about essentials, what are essentials? Because one church will say, "Well, this is essential yeah. to us," and the truth is, it's you know, it's a preference. It's a, it's a choice that they make. It's subjective. Right. Yeah. There are very few things I would consider absolutely essential. One, the primary one that comes to mind is is the nature and deity of Jesus Christ yeah. and the means of salvation. That to me is a non-negotiable. Yeah. Beyond that, though. Yeah. I begin to get kind of fuzzy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, one church will say you cannot have alcohol in the church. Yeah. You can't tolerate it, can't talk about it, yeah, can't touch it. Yeah. And another church will say that's the Bible doesn't teach that yeah the bible says do not be drunk with wine and do not cause where someone excess? else wearing it is excess? excess yeah, yeah. And do not cause somebody else to stumble because of the grace that you have but it never yeah. says don't yeah. drink yeah. and it would be unbiblical to say that jesus didn't yeah. drink yeah. yeah yeah and so you yeah. suddenly you realize oh well that issue it's not an essential that's yeah. an issue yeah. where you have to have a little bit of liberty yeah. and a little bit of charity yeah. because uh because it's not a hard right. and fast thing. Yeah, and at
2: the Last Supper, they were drinking grape juice. They weren't drinking
1: wine. It was grape juice. Yeah, <laughs> Welch's, <laughs> Welch's, Capri <laughs> <The pre-sons>. juice. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: So that's but the, James, I agree with you. But the, the trick is, people get worked up about things and yeah. make them essentials when they're honestly not. Yeah. But yeah. we have that same tendency. We will hold. Yeah. Hard and fast to something that we believe is true for us and true for everybody, yeah. and we could we could make a mistake. We could yeah. we could hold on to that thing too tightly. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of trying to train myself
2: to stop and think for a second. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Before I talk or before I make a judgment, and just realize, wait, God's grace is extended to me in all these areas of my life how can I extend grace with the situation that I'm dealing with right now to someone else around me I'm trying to
0: learn how to do that? Yeah. yeah. That's what kind of got me thought thinking about grace in the first place is you, Matt, when you injure sermons, you always say go in grace and peace or love grace and peace or something like that. But I was just thinking like, how do I go in grace? And what does that exactly mean? It was almost a. That's where questions started layering upon questions and questions, um, just to figure it out. But it makes sense.
1: I mean, go in the grace of God and extend the grace of God to others, yeah. and go with the peace of God and extend the peace of God to others. That's kind of my hidden message. It's powerful stuff, too. No, it is. It's good. If we can learn to do that, yeah.
2: And it's it's a life endeavor, yeah. It's a life endeavor, but I want to be there. I want to go there. You know, I I, I want to see the
1: change and I want to make the change. You know, mm-hmm. in my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we 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 will be because of our grace orientation. We will have the accusations leveled at us that we're t- too tolerant of something or too permissive. Of something or we don't take a stand on something that somebody feels you know a strong conviction about and we might take a stand on something else but you know you'll you'll always run that risk but it's worth i believe it's worth the risk it's worth the heartache yeah Yeah. it's worth the you know the staying quiet when the accusations are leveled at you it's worth all of those things for the sake of building relationships with people and being willing to take a risk on the salvation of somebody else and the relationship that somebody else has with God, and being a part of that instead of drawing a boundary that that neither you nor I <coughs> can cross over, and that yeah. that can hinder your relationship or their relationship. Because every boundary is going to be crossed, and then it's going to be
2: awkward. Yeah. Because you're going to have to decide. Well, now what am I going to do?
0: You know?
2: Yeah. And I, you know, I think the reason this is coming up, and the reason we're talking about it is because I think God is saying to us, God is challenging us to become more missional, locally and globally. You know? I think that the Haiti Project is stirring the hearts of people and we're everybody's connecting and seeing something there. And and one of the things that I love just as people were sharing as they came back was, you know, how can I be more missional here? Well, we're going to have to have a great and working understanding of grace and how it rolls out and what the look and feel of it is. What's, what's the user interface? How does it How does it work and how do we operate in it? And I think it is something really important for us to learn with the mission of God that is ahead of us. You know? And I think, I think it's coming up for a reason. And I'm glad we're talking about it. Yeah, uh, I think we need to continue to talk about it. And as events come up and as situations evolve and as things roll out, let's keep talking about it. And let's have that out there. It's like, well, how would we apply grace to this situation? Because there may be a groundswell of, no, we should not allow grace in this situation. But, you know, that's part of, I guess, leading is... Sometimes you're not following the crowd. You're saying, you're standing up and saying, let's let grace flow in this situation. Here's how we would do it. And then we share and we teach and we lead and we train. And and we figure out on our own how to do it. And we figure out how to share with others how to do it. Because I think God has something for us in the days ahead. I mean, we love the... The term "notorious sinners" not just because it's fun to say, but I think it it is. is. Yeah, which it is. (laughs) Yeah, it's like going to Payway and uh, ordering uh, Thai dynamite just because it's fun to say. You know what I mean? I know it is. I don't want it. That's a great lunch. Yeah, yeah, I just, I I just love to order because I love to say it. I'll have some Thai dynamite. You know, it's like well, we're saying "notorious sinners" because it's fun to say, but. Wow, what's going to happen as our lives intersect? Our lives are constantly intersecting with the lives of others. Every place we go, at every grocery line, at every road we turn onto in our cars, every situation, every altercation. And it's like God is saying, I want you to really unpack and drill down into the idea of grace because i want you to op- operate in it and then operate in it yeah yeah i got a lot i got a lot to learn I'm yeah. glad you're asking these questions yeah i think i know a
1: lot about it but i have a lot to learn you know uh, and i remind myself over and over again too that the grace of god is not dependent upon me it's it's entirely given by god in fact even if you trace grace back to the old testament and the concept of khesed the love, the loving kindness of god yeah. and it goes all the way back to the promise god made to abraham and he made the promise to stand by him based upon his ability his power his strength not dependent on yeah. abraham
3: yeah
1: and he hasn't backed down from that promise yet yeah and that's a powerful thing that we we recognize and that's how i try to work grace into the relationships I have with other people. I remind myself, wait, my the grace God gives me is not dependent upon me, it's yeah. dependent upon him. So I extend yeah. grace to others dependent upon me and what the Holy Spirit allows me to do, not dependent upon their actions, yeah. or how they respond to it, whether yeah. they deserve it or not. Yeah. And that might be a clue. That might be a
2: clue to me when I'm all of a sudden yeah. I feel like I'm striving. All of a sudden, I feel like I am really struggling in this is because I'm not releasing myself to the grace of God. I'm trying to do it in my own strength mm-hmm. rather than saying, God, I surrender right now to your grace in this situation. It's almost like God is saying, Yeah, you want to shoulder that on your own, pal? Yeah. You know, how's that working out for you? You know, when what He wants us to do is to turn to Him and say, God, I surrender. Mm -hmm. i surrender to your grace yeah
0: makes more sense of the worship song your grace is enough i always thought it was a word weird like your grace is enough because i always thought like your grace is enough your grace is enough like we need a whole lot more than that in our lives though right right like god's grace doesn't like fill our gas tank right yeah Except it does, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) right. Like I need to take money for lunch. Fifteen dollars is enough. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that's enough. (sighs) Twenty guys, but fifteen is gonna do it. Yeah, yeah. Like that's enough. Always seems like almost like a condescending. Yeah, like it's enough, but yeah, yeah. But it's a
1: deep. It's a deep truth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a deep scriptural truth uh, that we realize that that is all we have to worry about because. That's God's promise to us, that that yeah. we don't deserve it, but he'll do it for us anyways. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And, you know, that, that song, Your Grace is Enough, you know, it's, of course, from the concept where, you know, Paul uh, had some kind of physical affl- affliction, you know? Yeah. And he, he said, I went before the Lord and I asked him three times to take it away. And God spoke to me and said, my grace is sufficient for you. You know, your, your grace is enough. That's the idea. That's the concept is, well, no matter what hardship I face, no matter if it's a physical affliction or a financial affliction or relationship affliction or whatever it is, God's grace is sufficient for us if we tap into it, if we accept it, receive it, yeah. like salvation. And that's why salvation and grace are so closely linked, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's why I also think that the other aspect of grace to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ has apportioned it. You know, the whole idea so that we can serve others and it's a gifting of God. God has graced our lives with certain things that we might be able to serve it. It's that same idea that it's not my own skill set. You know, it's not my skill set and my own talent pool. You know, it's God's grace flowing through me. Uh, it is the gift of God. It, the gift isn't for the gifted. The gift, the grace gift, is for those around them. We serve God's grace in uh, many various forms. It's it, we can't take it on ourselves that way either, mm. you know. And for talented people, gifted people, it's a maturation process to figure that out, you know, to figure out okay, God has given me ability
1: and talent and stuff, but it's really only God's grace flowing through me. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that everybody experiences that? I mean, everybody has gifts and abilities and talents. And I I would say that all of those things are given by God from birth. There's a certain level that you won't achieve until you are in a better relationship with God and the Holy Spirit can flow (laughs) through you direct that more but every talent and ability we have is is a gracious gift from god and to yeah. enable us to operate in this world yeah and we either use it for good or for evil yeah <laughs> you know? yeah 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 like batman
2: you know yeah true i yes i the answer is yes i do believe that to each one of his grace has been given as christ has apportioned it. and i think the whole first peter four ten thing is like that gift of God and it uses the word grace there charis, the Greek word charis it uses the word there and the idea is to serve others faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms it comes out in all different kinds of ways it manifests itself in so different ways in so many different ways but it's to serve others Mm -hmm. to serve others not to serve ourselves Yeah.
1: yeah so yeah So use your talents, use what God has given you in the service of others, not not for your own benefit, your own profit, your own gain. And
3: all the lost and lonely, and all the thieves will come confess, and know that you are. I know that you are holy. And don't...